And welcome back. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We get the turntable teachers. And class is back in session. And we are back with our second to last installment of finals. Uh, well, really month, I guess it's been because we've been doing about a, a pro, uh, an episode a week mm-hmm. for all of our year end lists. Figured we'd make it nice and split it up easier to digest and everything. Yeah. So, of course, as you guys know, if you're familiar, uh, you've already seen, hopefully, if you haven't, go back and check it out the honor roll and, uh, and high honor songs and also our top 25 songs. Uh, today's episode is going to be our honors and high honors albums, and we are so excited to finally get into the cream of the crop, the mm-hmm. the biggest biggest one uh, lists, if you will. Uh, we have today for you five albums each in our honors um, sections, yep. and then in our high honors sections we have ten albums, uh, and then we're going to do a top ten albums in the next episode that's coming out now, next week. Yep. So we have uh, 25 albums from each of us in total to share, 25 albums that I thought were my personal favorites of the year. It was tough getting this down to 25, man. And, it, yeah, was, and- it was really, really tough getting this down to 25. And especially once it was getting down to like the nitty-gritty of the albums that were just in like the honor roll and just missing it, I, I felt it was almost even harder than um, the singles. Like At least with the singles, it's one song, but with the albums, you're bumping out a whole collection of songs that it is really, really hard, especially some of the albums that had songs that would maybe make it onto my year-end list but then the whole album around it didn't end up being strong enough to put it on it it yeah. really hurt. i don't know if you ran into that quite oh, as course, much as i did of course i mean there was some albums like a like a big crit mm-hmm. uh, crit was here right i mean a crit here was i think my number 11 song of this of 2019 and the album wasn't even close to getting on uh this list really uh in terms of the albums yeah, I, I kind of feel the same boat. Um, there was definitely a good amount of albums I still had left over from our midterm uh, list Me from, too. The, from the Me year. Too. But again, it's similar with the songs. A lot of those fell. Some of the order changed. So it's it's pretty interesting when, when I was making this, this list. Uh, I was actually, to be honest with you, it was easy to come up with the 25 because I, I, I wouldn't really had anything that was on the outside looking in of like honors. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The order was definitely the more difficult part, yep. ordering, I think. But with the songs, I had so many. I think there was just so many songs I wanted to put in the lists that I just unfortunately couldn't get in there. Yep. But with the albums, it was a lot easier, I think, because there's just less out, less albums. But That's true. That's true. In terms of songs to pick from, but either way. Well, especially because of how I feel like diverse both of our tastes have kind of gotten here, where there's a lot of different genres on here. It's almost really hard to rank them because it's like, well... This is the better rock album, and this is the better like hip hop album. But how but can how, I really yeah. compare these two? So it's really really tough. Now, so just to be uh, kind of clear, uh, did you order anything in your honor roll? Is the same as what we did before, where these are just kind of in no particular order and just like throwing them out there one by one? I would say no particular order. I'm even grouping them a little bit uh, as well, based upon like if there were two albums that were a little bit similar mm-hmm. in the honors or the high honors, I have those kind of like back to back. So that way I kind of can just keep that theme and then go forward. So no, gotcha. like my top 10 
for next week is obviously in order for yeah, sure. Same. Uh, yep. it's same with the songs. Like the 20, 25 songs were in order. The high honors and the honors, I didn't exactly order them. Okay, uh, yeah, just no, kind neither of, did I. Neither they, did I. They're kind of just in, in no particular order. But I feel like this, just yeah. by the nature of how you end up making a list, though, it's almost sort of ordered because like, I, I usually put way. all of them in and then start shifting things around until I get my top 10. And then once I get the top 10, I just slice it and move exactly. it. Exactly. So I, they, there might be a slight order to it, but nothing that was really like a lot of thought that nothing went into crazy. it, I guess. Heck yeah. So without further ado, I guess we're going to start with our honors mm-hmm. section. So if you guys have been familiar with how we've done with songs, we're just going to, for the albums, we're going to go back and forth one at a time. Uh, definitely because I think with albums, you can definitely become a lot more long-winded with them. So we're just going to go one at a time for our honors. Uh, like I said, Cody has five albums. I have five albums. I have mm-hmm. not seen his list. He has not seen my list. Nope, just as, like last time. Yep, and as always... If we come across an album that we both have on our lists, we will wait to talk about that album until the person who has it ranked higher mm-hmm. uh, in order. And then, we'll, and then we'll both have a conversation about it. And we were we were saying before we started recording, we have a feeling there's going to be a lot of I mean, last time there was definitely a lot of overlap. But last time was like crazy overlap. Where I couldn't it was believe like, the songs. Oh, hey, like this is my number 18. Oh, this is my number 17. So it was like right there. I think this one's going to be different where a lot of the albums from like my honor roll will be in your top 10 and vice versa. So who knows? We might even de- just going back and forth like, oh, wait, 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 just back and forth. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, uh, be, and it's definitely possible. Absolutely. All right. So uh, would, you, would you like to start on the honors? Um, sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to kind of bend the rules here because I, there's one album I'm just going to say, say, and then I'm not going to say anything about. And then I'm going to get into my actual pick. Remember that band Idols that I put on my list from the year before? It was like a weird, almost like punk style band. And I was really, really big into them. They put a live album out of their album from the previous year. So I'm not counting this. If I counted this, this absolutely would be on my list. But love the live album. So if you like that definitely check that out but my first real album was quite like chris guns and we had re- re- reviewed this earlier and mike's giving me the finger gun so <laughs> i'm assuming we have to wait on finger this gun yeah. uh we, we can wait honestly it's in my honor roll so we could talk about it now i can bang that out it's in my honors so um, oh well so wait, well, yeah it. why don't you just make that the first yeah let's do it yeah that right, works yeah, for me so, so, so with guns I don't know what you want to say about it first, but I think so. My big thing right now with with and I think this doesn't get talked about enough in when we talk about music. I think a lot of people try to get like um, kind of caught up in the narrative of what's going on in the mm-hmm. album. In my opinion, I think something that gets overlooked a lot of times is perspective. And Quelle Chris's perspective on these very social and political topics. I'm really happy with how the delivery of it was because it. I don't know about you. And I'm guessing you like it because it's in your honors. Because, but it doesn't come off preachy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come off like know it. Well, like it someone's a educated. know-it-all. It it's seems educated. educated and like it's someone smart. It's witty. It's it's when you see two people having like oh, it's almost like the movie version of what like a, a politics discussion should be, where the people are having sure. calm, reasonable discussion. They're in like telling what their imp- opinions are and how they've been influenced and where they all come from. It it all seems like it's it's not shallow. I feel like we always end up out of a lot of artists. And it's no fault to them because there's a huge pressure in the music industry to have something to say and have some kind of message. And sometimes artists just aren't in music for that. They don't want to do that. They just want to make fun tracks. They don't have much to it. So then they start trying to get political and it's the most shallow, ridiculous, nothing to it stuff in the world but then you get someone like well like chris there's actual substance there so i definitely feel what you're saying that's one of the reasons that it drew me to this album too where it's not just 
lyrical ability, it's lyrical ability used with a good subject matter behind it. It's kind of like the one-two punch. Oh, for sure. And we even talked about it when we reviewed it on, I think it was on March, I believe, is when this album came out. So I want to say that's when we when we reviewed it. But uh, in terms of the album, I mean, yeah, like I'll, I'll kind of echo some of the stuff we've already talked about and some things that I talked about on uh, the, the honor, honorable mention songs because mm-hmm. uh, I had Obamacare on there. Uh, like I said, just the, like the list said, the lyricism, it's thoughtful, it's layered. Uh, yeah, it just discusses a lot of issues of like, you know, healthcare, unemployment, gun laws and violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of complete opposite commentary in terms of like the gun t- content you'll hear with other rappers. You know what I mean? It's kind of that complete opposite end yeah, of the spectrum. Where, where of others, like, it's almost so nonchalant where it's like, oh yeah, there's talking about guns. That's like what we expect what we, with yeah. Coley Christie's talking about the very, very serious sides of basically that nonchalantness. Yeah. And I think that with Chris too, the other thing that really stuck out to me with this particular project, somebody that's listened to Quelle Chris for quite a while uh, he really refined his production here, and I think it's much more accessible than mm-hmm. a lot of his other previous releases. And I think that it's a lot clearer too. It, it totally is clearer because he can be very uh, amb- ambiguous with his music, and mm-hmm. he, not only in sound but just in lyricism. And you do have to kind of like kind of go along with the lyrics to kind of really. Th- it, they're very thoughtful. It's a very cerebral lines. artist. Exactly. So it's He's hard. If you miss a couple, then it can be kind of hard to keep up with. I would almost compare him to like Aesop Rock in that sense. He where can, yes. Once you start missing things, you're like, oh, okay, hold on, hold on. I got to start this song mm-hmm. over. I feel like I feel like I've missed the point. Yeah. Here. I mean, with, with this with this song with this album, excuse me. I just think that it's a really great political statement, and art, it's very artistic in that. And at the same time, and I just again, I, I come back to perspective with with Quelle Chris, and there's another artist on this list too that. Uh, I'll mention a little bit later mm-hmm. that I, I I'm I'm enjoying their pers- like seeing their perspective as well, and again when it's when it's not in your face and trying to tell you how to feel, I think that is when it's most powerful. Yeah, he's it's leaving it open for interpretation for you. a lot of it. Yeah, I mean we know how he feels, but it doesn't feel like he's making us feel that. It's interesting it, it's, because yeah, that makes sense, you know. It, it it makes sense, and it's interesting because in movies, I feel like it's almost the same way. When you have a, it, it almost makes it feel like the person making this piece of art doesn't think you're stupid. Like you can develop your own opinions right. about this. Right. They don't need to spell it all out for you. It's like movies that don't have super clear cut endings. It's like no, it, like you guys can kind of piece this together yourself. I don't need someone to walk into a scene and say, "Oh, I'm really sad." Like. I'll let you piece that together yourself based on their body language, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like that's a big thing that draws me to this album too, like you're saying. Yeah, then even just the sound of it too. Like I like some of the darker production. Mm -hmm. I think it's experimental, but yet there's still some bass lines and and some keys that are definitely used that are a lot more, like I said a little bit earlier, like I wouldn't say they're mainstream accessibility, but they're people that if you listen to mainstream hip-hop, I could see people getting into a song like a PSA drug fest, right? Or a spray and pray. Like those are some songs that I think that have some some accessibility when it comes mm-hmm. if, if for people that don't listen to like underground hip hop, this would be an album that if you're gonna listen to Quelle Chris, I'd probably start with this because those, maybe like Box enough, of Wheaties because it's like a wicked fun. Yeah. Track. Like Box of Wheaties is another one. So yeah, I mean like overall man, this was just a really great project. I like I said, I loved the commentary that he put on here. It's definitely a thinking man's album. Mm-hmm. Uh not something that and, and, and a lot of the a lot of the beats do bang in in well and they're, yeah. they're super crazy too like obamacare's beat is absolutely wild I the love drums obamacare. are all over the place and the it's like I, I feel like there's a lot of cutting imagery on there and then even with guns they have that like chopped up piano sample that's yes. going over and over again i love it 
he used a lot of keys on this, and I think it really kind of helped his benefit for sure. Um, and then I think with every one of these albums, I think we're going to give like our three best songs, mm-hmm. uh, just because so my three best songs from this album are, of course, Obamacare, since it was on my top songs. Same. I like PSA, Drug Fest a ton, mm-hmm. and Spray and Pray. Those are my three. So I got Obamacare, Guns, and Box of Wheaties for yeah, my Yeah, Box three. of Wheaties is awesome. Uh, too. I was like on my right on my outside. So yeah, Quelle Chris Guns definitely a really great release from Quelle Chris this year, and definitely worthy of our honor mm. honor roll. I sure. listened to funny. him in a bit since the uh, he had that album with Gene Gray. Um, like everything's I came fine. A couple, yeah, a couple years ago. And everything's that, fine. That album that. was fantastic. Really but either way, album. yeah. So so awesome album. Yes. Do you wanna do you wanna say an album since I just technically like introduced that one? Well, no, because then the well, no, nah, you can get another one because like I because that, that was on my honor roll too. So we just knocked that okay. out. So <laughs> all right, sweet. Well, <laughs> this one will definitely not be on your honor roll. Sounds good. Very confident about this one. <laughs> okay. So this is a band called Black Midi and their album called Schlagenheim. Now I yes, Mike's definitely giving not, definitely not on Mike's my... <laughs> giving me a very interesting look right now. So this Do was tell. released in June, um, and these guys I've heard them described as what you would expect rock to sound like in like 40 years or 50 years where it's just everything's been done at that point where they're just throwing together so many different sounds just to try and come up with something new sounding. And this album really hit. Um, I will admit it had kind of fallen off of my radar for a long time. And it wasn't until I started seeing other music publications bring this album up being like, oh, this is like what the future of rock could sound like or at least what a new refreshing take on it sounds like. And usually when I hear things like that, I get really hesitant because it's going to end up being like a 21 Pilots or a Greta Van Fleet that I think I've been pretty outspoken. I'm just I'm not a huge fan of them. Nothing against them, but it doesn't do it for me. But these guys are so weird and all over the place. They have aspects of punk rock. They have aspects of math rock. They have it almost has like a talking heads vibe at some points where the guy is like singing, almost doing the singing, talking thing at the same time. It's so all over the place and that's one of the reasons that I kind of love it that at one point of the song you can be getting some stoner rock really fuzzed out guitars and the very next part of the song it completely opens up to this like atmospheric kind of floaty vibe and then it will come right back in with like a punk breakdown it's it's all over the place I feel like for me where a lot of rock lately has been getting kind of flushed into the very beautiful like math rocky floating chords suspended chords like Chon and Polyphia and Pliny um, a lot of those bands have started to sound very samey so having a band like this come out where everything is just super abrasive and experimental and in your face it's almost a breath of fresh air for me. Um, So anybody who's been a fan of any of like the math rock type groups I've suggested here before, or even some punk bands, I would definitely check these guys out. They're super, super weird. Um, So definitely prepare yourselves for songs that have a lot of different movements to them. But I feel like they all work well with each other in the sense that it'll be very chaotic one second and then very soft and beautiful the next. So there's a lot of really good contrast there. Um, as far as tracks that I would check out for this one, I would stick with uh, the t- the first track, 953. Then there's another track, Western, which is definitely much longer, but hear this one all the way out. By the time you get to the end of it, this one takes you on an absolute journey. This is one of the ones that has a ton of different changes in it. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. It's just B-M-B-M-B-M. Like, I don't know if they want it to be spelled that way or like boom, 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 but Either way, that song, like however you want to pronounce it or say it, is also another fantastically weird one. 
So Schlagenheim by Black Midi. I would absolutely check these guys out. Oh, as I just hit my mic, I would absolutely check these guys out. Some really weird, new, refreshing stuff. Sweet, man. That's awesome. I uh, Like I said, not definitely not in my wheelhouse, but I'll definitely have to try to check that out. They were even sure. out of mind for a long time, and normally I'd be like keeping my uh, my ear to the ground for new rock groups and stuff like that. Dude. And these guys slipped right by me, and I'm glad that I caught them towards the end. I love it. So uh, my next album on my honor roll is uh, Beliefs is the Horizon. And just missed my midterms list um, back in uh, July when we did that. And he's just a great producer uh, from Boston. Uh, really just, I think, my favorite Boston artist project of the year. Uh, some really amazing features that would definitely surprise you. Anybody that has somehow, some way, like, missed this me talking about this album and all of the time in which that we've <laughs> been talking about this album for the last six months and right. had him on the show and whatnot. Uh, amazing features with Styles P, Large Professor, Raekwon from Wu Tang, Planet Asia. We got Cormega and ter- Terminology on here. So a lot of just like these old school boom bap cats, and then a lot of new artists too from around this area, like Michael Christmas uh, on cue from Connecticut, uh, who I've been a fan of for a really long time. Suriel from Lynn, shout out him. He actually they just dropped a new song together, him and Suriel called Lifetime, which is a really really great track. And uh, but anyway, and then uh, of course he has Millie's on here, Cambridge artist. So great mix of some newer guys that are coming up on the artist, uh, the, the the rap scene, especially in Boston, and then also paying homage to a lot of these older guys too uh, that have been around for quite a while. I talked about Go for Broke extensively uh, twice, once on our honor roll and once on our uh, our midterms, and also in the in the um, the episode that I did with Beliefs. I've kind of said that that's my favorite song on this with On Cue, and then there's another track on here that's fantastic that I really love too. Which going through a couple of highlights, uh, it's a track called Exclusive. There's some really dark strings on it, and this really haunting. Uh, sort of uh, beat around it. Some excellent verses from Millie's Planet Asia, who's one of my favorite underground artists that I've heard in like a while. I used to listen to him quite a bit. Uh, Tim Nehan and Gabe Nandez as well jump on here. Gabe is from New York, and Tim is a local guy from, I think, Beverly, if I'm not mistaken. So definitely, like again, just a great mix. Uh, he did a really nice job of getting on some really awesome features that flow really well together. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the song called Highs and Lows, which I reviewed on our Boston Artist Review. It's cloudy. It's atmospheric. Suriel is a, works perfectly on this beat. He flows so nicely over it. And they're just, like I said, some really amazing uh, songs on this album and songs that I have been coming back to all year long. Really, really big fan. So I'm, I'm definitely a big proponent of this album. Any people that are big into old school hip hop, or hip hop that's kind of, you know, has a newer taste to it, but still has mm-hmm. that boom bap edge that people kind of have always loved. I, I definitely would give this one a shot if somehow well, some way yeah. makes everyone always say the '90s were the best era of rap. Exactly, know? that influence is just really huge on the and, and very known on this album. Mm-hmm. And I just from front to back, it's just a really great release from from B Leafs, a guy that obviously, like I said, is a friend of the show, and we've really oh yeah, it's awesome always seeing how much interaction he has with us uh, on like everything that we do. Oh yeah, absolutely. So he's he's one of you know one of the homies, but. Uh, not biased, I swear to God. I just a really just amazing project that really floored me this year. So, Beliefs the Horizon, definitely noteworthy this year. Awesome, man. Now, I have I have a feeling that this next one will. Pro- I'm probably not going to get to talk about 
Uh, to the point where I almost want to like wait until later on because maybe we'll both talk about it at the same time. But either way, Freddie Gibbs, Madlib, Bandana. I'm, You're gonna have to wait. I'm gonna have to wait on this one. Oh, yeah. All right, and I'm probably gonna have to wait a while on this one too. Maybe maybe a little it's, bit. It's possible. Okay, it's definitely so, possible. <laughs> so it, it at least made my honor roll, but it made Mike's much higher up somewhere on the list. So we will definitely take a little uh, little break on this one. Freddie Gibbs, Madlib. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that one. It, it's on my list. So no, it's a good good definitely. Uh, I'm glad you have it on yours somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you would. My next one is going to be Gangstars, one of the best yet. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? Surprisingly, loved this album. Um, I guess it's the, it's obviously the seventh project from uh, rapper Guru and DJ Premier producer, um, Collective Gangstar. Uh, they're calling it their final album. And of course, I mean, this is a posthumous album. This is their first release in like se- almost 17 years, I think, or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, because Guru's passing uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, just really like a quality release from one of like my favorite groups of all time. And honestly, Guru is maybe one of my favorite rappers ever. When I got into hip hop a ton, he was like a really big influence for me in terms of like my taste and really like. Him and Nas, I'd say, when I got deeper into like old older rap, uh, those were the two guys I constantly went back to. Mm-hmm. And in terms of um, in terms of, like that old school rap, and and some of the features on here are a little bit questionable. Like I didn't really care for the Neo feature really on, on one of the tracks here. It's just a, but, that's a really strange feature to get, you know? Yeah, because it, it was odd. It's I feel like that's almost a very dated feature. Neo's very I mean, dated. nothing against Neo, but I feel like his time in the spotlight's kind of been. I haven't heard anything from Neo in a long, 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 long. No, time. there's really and there's and there was really no reason to have him on here. I, I don't know. I for that reason, like Get Together is probably like one of the tracks I didn't care for that much. Mm. But overall, and obviously, like I talked a little bit about with Hero, there are a couple of drawbacks to this album like some of the production uh is definitely different than what guru probably would have wanted to go over and also uh some of the some of the verses you can tell like i talked about this a little bit on family and loyalty hero brought this up when we were talking uh during his episode that the first verse and the third verse on like family and loyalty you can tell that they were recorded recorded in two different different times right so like some of the quality is a little bit different in terms of that and i think that that it's not a huge drawback to this project by any means, but it's just it's very nostalgic in terms of 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 uh, Gangstar, but also still with like a nice like more modern more spin twist. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the song like I keep going back to Family and Loyalty, but that's one of the songs. Like I said, it was on my on my list for our songs. I, I loved that song, and those like that production, that piano, as glossy and, and as it is, I wouldn't have ever seen Guru go over a beat like that. I don't think he would have ever. Um, but then there was like a lot, a lot of great songs that pay a lot of good homage to him. Like the track "Lights Out" sounds like a really like, a, like almost like a Busta Rhymes, like an older Busta Rhymes song. "Bad Name" has that really like old school, just true boom bap sound to it. Sounds like that classic Gangstar, and pre- like you can hear Premier's hands like all over like this track in terms of like the scratches and just the mixing. Well, I've um, seen the the Tal Quali feature in there as well because I love mean, to he's see one him of on my there. absolute favorites. Him, him most deaf with um, oh yeah, the Black Star album a while Dude, ago. Absolutely, like getting guys like him and Q Tip on here, mm-hmm. just like really good to see all these guys coming out of the woodwork a little bit. Even MOP, they were like, like that's a group we you know, have. That's probably seen why they time. got the Neo feature on there just to make it all very nostalgic looking. Even when you see the track list, like. Yep. Nope. This is this is exactly what we expected. Even Giroux, who hasn't been on one of their albums since like the Above the Clouds days, like it's it's really kind of crazy. Uh, I, I love what's real with Group Home and Royce the Five Nine. Royce the Five Nine, man, he so he good. 
he will. I know we'll talk about the Eminem album at some mm-hmm. point, but he has three amazing features on that album. And I just think that like he's come on lately onto some projects and really dropped some phenomenal, phenomenal verses. And like, it's interesting I, to it, see too, considering how long he's been in the game now at this mm-hmm, point. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's nice to see him still putting out such good quality content. Yeah, it, seriously, I completely agree with that. And. On overall, though, like I was just fortunate to get a posthumous Gangstar record because, like I said, as being as big of a Gangstar fan as I am, you know, I, I just I truly enjoyed this project. And I think my favorite three songs on here are probably Family and Loyalty, obviously, because it was on my list for songs for uh, 2019. I love What's Real. And then uh, Take Flight, Militia Part 4. I love that track, too. And I, like I said, I just I loved the upbeat, old school sound that a lot of these had. Um and even like some like Light, lights out and hitman those are two awesome tracks as well that i really enjoyed and like i said had really older sounding hooks that really like i said were just super nostalgic and yeah i just uh, and even the narrative of how this album is kind of you know, how it flows like there's a couple like i'm usually not big in interludes but like he's a couple like really cool interludes like one of them's like his son talking about his impact as a as a rap artist and things like that so i just i just thought it was like a really just memorable release um definitely not like earth shattering but mm-hmm. definitely an album to go check out especially if you're an old school hip-hop fan For to sure. keep with the beliefs theme here so uh gangstar one of the best yet definitely one of the best albums of 2019 <laughs> absolutely man and going down a different rap route now from like the old school style things to something very very new and kind of gaining popularity recently I have a rapper named Clipping and his album, There Existed an Addiction to Blood. Now, I've talked about Clipping a couple times before. I think a couple of his songs, uh, Work Work and Summertime, have at least come up in conversation or at least when we've been like putting songs on a playlist and stuff like that. And I, I don't, I'm very hesitant to compare him to Death Grips because it's not quite as out there and willing to toy with his sound as Death Grips is. I would say when Death Grips is doing his very hip-hop sounding things, that's when they start sharing similarities with each other. I would agree with that. Um, Mostly in the sense that Clipping uses a lot of very heavy industrial styles in his beats. There's a lot of sporadicness to it where it doesn't necessarily follow a specific song structure. Like like a JPEG Mafia. Very, very similar to JPEG Mafia, yes. I would, I would maybe put him a little bit closer to the experimental edge, but almost if you just took JPEG and turned him up like a little bit farther, which is weird to think considering right. how wild already JPEG Mafia is. But to like give you guys a good impression of what this artist is like and the kind of thought that goes into these songs, there's a song that he's put out where the tempo changes basically every measure, where in the beginning you're counting one, two, three, one, two, three, the next one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. And every time he adds one extra count to this beat until I think it ends on either sevens or nines. It's some odd number where it's still the same like tempo, but instead you count to nine before the bar would repeat. It is a trip. And this album ends up actually having a follow-up of that. That was the song Story 2. This has Story 7, which is a repeating thing that he does now where it's just a lot of storytelling, as the name would kind of suggest. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're a big fan of really, really strange industrial experimental stuff, I would definitely give clipping a shot. Cause I feel like he's a good 
like access point to this style of music. Like if you've been trying to get someone into like the money store by death grips, show them some stuff by clipping first and it might get them used to the weird sounds, then throw them into the deep end with, with death grip stuff. Um, I don't know how much experience you've had listening to clipping before in the past, but I've I'm, heard tracks here and there from clipping and I, but I would say that I, I don't, I don't have any experience listening like to a full length project mm. from him. Something that I've I've wanted to do because I know that like guys like Fantano have certainly talked about him yes. before. Um, Spectrum Pulse has certainly talked about him before. So Clipping is definitely uh, an artist I've heard and, and and been floating around there. I do like really experimental hip hop. I prefer like JPEG Mafia and Death Grips when I do go listen to it. So mm-hmm. maybe like Clipping would just be kind of in that wheelhouse. So hopefully, you know, I I think I have to give that a chance. But I definitely would. Um, as far as songs, if you were trying to get into this style of rap to, uh, to check out the three off this album, I would say are the best are nothing is safe, which is a really interesting song that almost describes like a police raid on like some type of like drug house only it's reversed. And I, and like the SWAT team is inside of the house and they're being raided instead. It's, it's really, really weird. And this is the type of stuff that I'm almost like I'm saying it now and I'm realizing how weird it is, but then when I was listening to it before this, it's like, oh yeah, this is just, this is clipping. This is kind of like part yeah. of the course of his usual songs. So a weird flip of that, that scenario. Um, we got Blood in the Fang, or Blood of the Fang, excuse me. Um, another song that just has uh, ideas of like racism and combating it with a little bit more than just using uh, using your words, a little more of a, like a call to arms <laughs> style uh, song. And then Story 7, the uh, the one that I had mentioned before that's almost kind of the continuation of uh, the previous story songs that basically takes a random person, Cynthia, um, who is later to revealed to have a very secret uh, side to her that I won't spoil for anybody since that's kind of like the point of, of this story, I guess. But there's a deep, dark side to Cynthia in this in this song, Story 7. So definitely check that out if you are curious what that dark side is. <laughs> But so, yeah, uh, Clipping, there existed an addiction to blood. I would definitely check it out. Cool. Keeping with the rap theme, my next album on my honor roll is going to be Denzel Curry's Zoo. Do you have that? Nope. I'm just pointing because I'm happy that that made it. I was Good. curious whether it was going to get knocked off your list or not. No, it, it's in there. Uh, it didn't make uh, the uh, the halfway point or mm-hmm. the mid-years, so it was right, like again, like another song. That's why I was, was curious kinda, about it, yeah. Yeah, it, it slid in there um, towards the back end for sure. It's like a nice short run of about 12 tracks. I wouldn't say this is Taboo by any stretch, for sure. I mean, Taboo was like my one of my favorite albums last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was like number two on my Very list last up. year. It was high. Because uh, it lacks some of that, the lyrical and more like, um, the more risks that he took, I think, on Taboo, it lacks some of that that made that album like really special. But Zoo definitely hits hard. There's some bangers. There's some fun, abrasive tracks. Uh, really just, if nobody that has ever heard Denzel, hopefully you have, but if you haven't, it's just very like, I say a mix of like industrial, but like Southern trap. But it's done really uh, perfection, like very perfectly. Like there's a really good blend of, the, of both. Uh, the, the title track Zoo kicks off the album with some like nice washed out synths that progresses some glossier trap production. Uh, the energy is just infectious. It, it really sets the tone. Uh, the singles that came out to this for this album, Ricky and Speedboat, they're just like you know straight trap bangers with like really catchy hooks. Uh, some uh, especially with with Ricky, there's like some subtle content about his family life and kind of growing up in Miami. I guess Zoo is actually a reference to one of the uh, like the parts of Miami that well, he's from. Well, isn't Ricky his father's yes, name? Yes, right? it is. Yeah, so he kind of talks about like. 
how he was brought up and sort of how his parents helped like kind of gave him uh, tick, tip, you know, tips on how to like deal with people and like relationships, especially mm-hmm. with, like, with women. He says, you know, mama said never trust no one but your brothers or something like that. Uh, I just think both these songs are like really huge highlights. Speedboat's got a really like that's what I was gonna say too. That's got a really fun tune. That's a really fun tune. I, I really enjoy kind of how he flows over that that song. Uh, and then the songs in the back end really remind me honestly of like early mid two thousand Southern trap, but like with more modern spins on them. Mm-hmm. But they're which sounds like a terrible idea. Like I'm talking a old, old like three six mafia, ludicrous. You know what I mean? Like that one little time period right yeah, there. Yeah, something they probably shouldn't have gone back to, but he pulls it off i don't know how he does but especially on a song like uh shake which is really like it, it, you, when you guys listen to it you'll you'll see what i mean and it, it's really just again like a like a tribute to some of those older influences uh again i think denzel comes back with not his best work but work that is worthy of mentioning and again, again he kind of proves why he's starting to become a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. uh with some of like that's being some of the top modern rappers right now well and then this album combined with the song of his that ended up making your actual list of um bulls on parade like showing right. showing off those two different sides of talent and is, psycho with slow tie like mm-hmm. you know kind of just he's he Incredibly shows so, yeah he shows a lot of the versatility that he has he can make very modern trap songs that would go on the radio or go on like any normal person's playlist that would that likes that type kind of music uh he can get into like like you said like the really rock influences he can get into like experimental almost clipping jpeg mafia type songs and then yeah and then he can get like super dark and but then he can get introspective as well with more like some like that song uh, sirens with jid for, off of taboo which is mm-hmm. like right behind you right now as i'm looking yeah, at it. right over my shoulder <laughs> i mean that's like the, the piano on that is brilliantly gorgeous and just mm-hmm. so, not to go back to taboo but like i'm just talking about denzel to. denzel is an artist like he's just been somebody that i think is really a force right now in in rap and not only rap but, but music best songs on here i, I would say rick definitely ricky definitely speedboat and then I liked Automatic a lot with Take mm-hmm. Keith. That was more, uh, like, I guess the energy was a little bit stripped back on that in terms of Denzel. But I, I really just, I think it's like a, a vibey cut. It's nice getting songs like song. that, though, to cut up all of the, the energetic songs. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a fun t- fun track. And honestly, this album is just a good time. Like, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't get anything, you're not get anything super lyrical out of here. Uh, but, oh, trust me, you don't got to sell me on albums that are just good times. There's going to be one that I get to talk about <laughs> in a little bit that is the I definition of that. Oh, that's great. So, but yeah, man, like Zoo, it's just a, just a great trap album. Um, I, I've heard that Denzel does this. He'll he'll put out like a full length project, like a taboo, and then he'll put out like a a shorter little like EP or not EP, but like a like a shorter album. So mm-hmm. supposedly he has a bigger like project coming after this. This was like kind of a prelude to the next one. So interesting. Hoping he goes more in like a full fledged uh, like album like tab- taboo. That was much more conceptual mm-hmm. than Zoo. Get, but get either way, more, yeah, yeah, like cohesive thing on it for sure. But anyway, uh, Zoo Tenzel Curry, totally a great album, especially in hip hop that uh, people should check out this year if they haven't. Mm-hmm. So the last song that I have on my honor roll is a band that I've mentioned a couple times. Um, it's the band called Strawberry Girls and an album Tasmanian Glow. So these guys, I would. I don't want to compare them to um, Delta Sleep in terms of sound because they're definitely not the same in terms of sound. But 
I like them for similar reasons, where they check certain boxes for me of what I really love in instrumental rock music. So with these guys, if I'm not mistaken, Strawberry Girls are made up of a lot of the the guitarists and other uh, members of Dance Gavin Dance, just without the singer. I might be wrong about that, but I've either known them to be very closely affiliated or members from the band. And they basically just create instrumental music that sounds like the instrumentals of Dance Gavin Dance, just without the vocals. And I never really liked uh, DGD because of those vocals. So this band for me is kind of like the breath of fresh air. Like, oh, great. I can finally enjoy these guys without having the like kind of whiny style emo vocals over the top. Now, they've put out a bunch of albums in the past. Um, American American Graffiti, Graffiti, and there's a bunch of other, it's all like location-based um, albums. So this one's kind of very similar. If you've listened to Strawberry Girls before, this is nothing new. You're going to get a lot of very upbeat, fast tempo drum patterns. You're going to have the guitarists using lots of pull-offs to open strings to get these weird like fluttery style riffs in there. There's going to be lots of changes from very fast and intense stuff to very slow and kind of dark. I don't want to say darker because it's not dark in the sense that it's like scary, but more that they just turn or cut all the treble out of like their sound and just make it only the lower end left. So I'm I'm just a huge fan of these guys. They they always put me in very upbeat and like good moods when I'm listening to this stuff. It's it's something I would listen to at like the gym, going for a run, um, anything that you want to try and get a little bit of extra boost of energy for. I know that when I was grading through these past couple of weeks for mid years, I had these guys on a lot. It was a lot of these guys, a lot of black midi. Keeping you up late at night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot like and especially as it got later, I would just get weirder with the song. So it was just like, all right, I need something that's gonna keep my attention right now and these guys definitely helped that out with that um so I, I don't really have a ton to say about them because the sound here is not all that diverse throughout the album it's kind of one of those things where if you like it you're going to love it if it's not your thing then you're not really going to be able to get into it too much because the sound diversity from song to song isn't going to be too huge but if you find yourself liking these styles or if you want to see if you like these styles I would check out the songs Bay of Fires, Moonwalker, and Dream Girl. I think those would give you probably the best overall scope of like all the different sounds that they this band's kind of capable of producing. If you like it, check out the whole album because it's just going to be more of the same. If you don't like it, can't really say that you'll end up finding much out of anything in this band's discography. <laughs> they are very, very samey, but it's a samey that I love the sound of. Well, if you yeah, I guess that makes sense because if you like the sound of them then that's not a problem. If you don't, it's going to be hard to get into these guys. I would say it's like Rage Against the Machine and like Beastie Boys in that sense, huh. where like if you if you like their sound, all of their music is going to be right there for it. Like if you li- like one Rage Against the Machine song, you basically like all of them. But uh... yeah, see, because like I, I listen to your your songs, uh-huh. uh, you listen to your, your playlist for that for the other day. And I did get a chance. I obviously I listened to Delta Sleep. There's a lot of songs I liked, by the way. Weirdly enough, not to get off on this tangent, but like the Hundred Gex was amazing. Oh yeah, Weird, weirdly oh, amazing. Oh yeah, they uh, are. And I loved Vacationer. Minimum. Mm-hmm. That's a so song. smooth. I love those love guys. That song. So, uh, but I did listen to Delta Sleep, and I, I wasn't a big big fan of it. It just wasn't my. They're very samey too. Yeah. So it sounds to me like that. If that's well, and actually, it's interesting because like I think I said the same. Yeah, the same description. Delta Sleep just checks like certain boxes certain of like boxes. the rock music category for me, where it's like, yep, I love these guys, just like the way they put their songs together. So Strawberry Girls is very similar in that sense, I guess. I would say these guys are probably more accessible because they don't have the harsh vocals. There are no vocals across okay. the whole thing. So, I've, although that might be a barrier for entry for people too, because a lot of people have 
certain thoughts on uh, instrumental music. So if you definitely are looking for more instrumental rock, check these guys out. This is a very, very good album. Tasmanian Glow by Strawberry Girls. And my final honor roll uh, album is going to be Dermot Kennedy's Without Fear. Just missed mine. Did just it? missed it. Yeah, just just a really great release from this from the Irish singer. Uh, the production's rooted in a lot of piano and acoustic guitar chords. Uh, a bulk of these instrumentals are not only beautiful, but they're honestly very moving at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the passion that he exudes through a lot of like the, the his vocals as well like really do stand out. Very emotional. Yeah. He, he finds a way to show energy amongst the production that's a lot more like – the production's ambient and it's soft, but he finds a way to stand out and on a lot of these songs with, with his vocal patterns. And the instrumentation oftentimes heightens um, the energy, which is which is really a really nice touch, and it provides a lot of good contrast. And I think that that's what I like about, a lot about this album's big time is the passionate vocals paired with like the more ambient sounds that you got, you're kind of getting here. I love how often he uses choirs and chorus of vocals. Yeah, in so many songs. The choirs as well. are big too, and some of the, even like yeah, the backing vocals he uses. I think one of the potential drawbacks with this style of album is that it can come off a bit flat, but I don't find that to be the case here personally. I wouldn't be shocked if people came away from this saying that it is kind of flat and samey, not to go off on the same Mm -hmm. kind of idea that you are with with Strawberry Girls, but I think that that could be a drawback and a barrier for entry for people as well with this album. I think Dermot Kennedy and Louis Capaldi both get kind of grouped in that category where like, if you don't like the acoustic singer-songwriter style, you might not be able to get into them. It's hard, right. And if if you're not willing to dedicate an hour to it, 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 it's, it's tough, but... Anyway, it, it, it's just like in your feels kind of music, really isn't really easy to listen to, and it shows off his ability to be not only personal but like honest, uh, emotional, even really kind of connect, trying to connect to you know his audience for sure. I talked about outnumbered in length um, on the honor roll songs because that's definitely a highlight here for me. Uh, Power over me is another standout for sure. Use, so good again uses like that that use of backing vocals or like co- like co- choir chorus so like, type. Like yeah. yeah, like it really enhances the sound. And I love when artists use vocal samples. I've talked about this a bunch of times, but when they use vocals and vocal samples to help with instrumentation and mm-hmm. aesthetic, really, really just very pleasant to the ears. Uh, there's more energy on like a song like Power Over Me than a lot of the songs here. Um, I also feel that he tends to run into a similar, which is another album that I'm sure is going to come out soon, Owls, oh, yeah. uh, pa- Paris. Yep. I think he does tend to hop and ride the same kind of song structure. And I think that could potentially also be a drawback. It's usually to album. like acoustic guitar at the start, then bring in some of the more fancy production with some, maybe like synths and keys, and then all big booming into the chorus where you're going to get a lot more vocal samples. And that's where the choirs are going to come in over the back and where he's going to start hitting his belty notes rather than like the very low and like deep voice notes that he yeah. usually does in the beginning. And I mean, yeah, I feel like the song Evening I Will Not Forget is probably the perfect example of that, where it starts off, especially the the original version, where it's literally just him playing a chord and then holding one note that he's repeating while he's singing the intro parts. But then as it gets farther in, he brings the chord progression in a little bit harder. He has the chords kind of linger instead of just one repeating note. Um, and I think that that's kind of the perfect description of this album in in general. If you like those st- styles of slow build songs, then these are going to be perfect. But if you like something that has a little bit more diversity and flowing to it, it might not be kind of like scratching for that for you. Yeah, it just it, like I said, I think that the formulaic nature of it can get in the way. But for me, it doesn't. 
And I, my, honestly, my favorite tracks are Outnumbered, Power Over Me, and What Have I Done? Because I think mm-hmm. with on What Have I Done, I feel like his vocal range is is very diverse and versatile, and he actually hits a lot of more like he has a be- just a bigger uh, range of notes that he hits in that song, particularly more of a charismatic delivery than he has on a lot of these other tracks on this album. But again, one of his more stunning releases that I've heard from him and that I've heard in a while, just in terms of sound and overall message. Like you know, if you got issues going on with your girl or your guy, depending upon whoever you are. Uh, you're just kind of trying to look and get in your feels. This is an album that I think will will definitely do that for you. So, Without Fear by Dermot Kennedy, definitely one of the better singer songwriter albums that I heard this year. See, I wanted to put it on my uh, on my list. The only reason that I didn't end up doing it was because of how many of these songs I'd end up hearing before this album had come out. Because just looking through the list right now, Evening I Will Not Forget, All My Friends, Power Over Me, Moments Past. Um, Moments Past was on my 2019, uh, 2018 And list. Without Fear. Yeah, like those songs have been out for a very, very long time now. And I'm really, really glad that they finally made it onto a actual project and it wasn't just kind of getting put on EP after EP. But it took a while. But exactly. So that yeah. was the only thing that ended up making me take that off. The quality was absolutely there. It was just almost on like a formality for me, I guess. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. I understand that. Especially where the first time I heard him was Evening I Will Not Forget from a Spotify Discover, like, when I was in college still. And so I don't even know what year that would have ended up That would have been probably 15. 15 or 16, 16. like, when he first released that. Yeah. So, yeah, but I I love this album and definitely definitely one of my favorites of the year. So that is it for our honor roll. Five albums that just barely snuck in, but were still very good enough to be mentioned. And from here, we're transitioning into the high honors, where Mike and I each have ten albums that we're going to be talking about. Now, since I led the last one off, do you want to start us sure. off here? And do you still want to go one by one, or should we go two by two? Uh, this time, just go one by one. Let's go one by one. Let's All go right. one by one. I think that because these are like I said, a little more long winded. So uh, I have slow ties. Nothing great about Britain was my first one on the high honors list. Uh, This was the other artist I want to talk about in terms of perspective. So I'm not obviously familiar with UK politics or like how it is socially or economically or anything like that. So to hear it from Slow Tie's perspective was very interesting because unlike Quelle Chris, I feel like because Quelle Chris tries to get less emotional about it and very informative Mm -hmm. like we talked about. Slow Tie's perspective and his kind of delivery on this this issue is a little bit more emotionally driven. It almost feels like, like past the boiling point. Yeah, like he's that angry about it that he needs to like almost like blow off steam with it. And so the, the perspective is definitely different, but it still comes off so authentic to me. And I think that it doesn't, it, it still doesn't come off preachy. It, it's actually weird how it how he ends up doing it. I, I'm actually a little bit shocked that mm-hmm. as emotional as he is about these topics, that they still don't come off preachy. Uh, definitely my favorite British hip hop album of the year, or British kind of artist of the year for sure. Uh, this this was an album that I came on to a little bit later on in the year uh, when it, after it came out, and I just like I said I was coming back to it a ton, and I just really love the social and political commentary that he puts on this album. I think there's a lot of like soulful and but also very dark beats at the same time. He really has some great flow patterns. His voice is I think more captivating and less sort of nasally than some of the other. British uh, rappers that you can kind of get into. And uh, yeah, just a really great album, man. I think that for me, what I took away from this is that it's very much different than anything that I have listened to before. And the fact that I was able to really get into it and under like get into some of the stuff, the nitty gritty stuff, like even on Gorgeous, like he's talking about, 
you know, how growing up in Northampton, how a lot of the times that him and his friends, you know, they'd get into like how basically there's police brutality everywhere talking about, you know, you know, some of the stupid things they were doing as kids, but how they were treated poorly based on where he was living. Mm -hmm. And also like, you know, how schooling in Northampton was, it, it didn't, it was like really kind of just shitty and wasn't able to catapult him in any like one really great direction in terms of like being successful. So I just, those types of songs, a song like Drug Dealer I really enjoyed, Grow Up, I thought like those two beats especially were just a lot darker and gritty. Uh, yeah, man, like this album was just a really enjoyable listen for me and gave me some like worldly perspective that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise had I had I not listened to it. So Slow Ties, Nothing Great About Britain was, was certainly an album that off just replayability alone I, it was worthy of a, of a high honors list. Uh, and then just obviously content wise definitely provided even even more to that so yeah great great project from slow tie can't wait to see what he comes out with next i feel like i saw super recently did he do uh one of the most recent episodes of the cave with kenny beats is he did i is this i don't know I'm remembering correctly yes yeah, slow tie kenny beats uh oh no it was at the end of november so, so i guess, it, I guess enough, it was yeah like months, fairly fairly recently months. this might have even been the the previous season I've I've heard a lot of people say that uh, they could see Slow Tie if he was born in like the 70s or 80s instead it would have ended up being one of like the British punk um oh, like yeah. uh singers instead and I totally agree with that. I definitely is the vibe that he usually gets across to me when uh, when I hear him give any kind of performance. Yeah, so he he's so very captivating. Very mm-hmm. captivating. I mean, he's like I said, like I loved Psycho with him and him and Denzel Curry. Oh, it was on my top song. 20. Uh, songs yeah so he he just to me man like he definitely can wear a bunch of different hats in terms of his just like i said his his aesthetic so i I really enjoy slow tie quite a bit and i'm not a huge on british rap and he is really kind of getting me into a lot more of it so big props to him this year nice well, speaking of rap that is sometimes a little harder to get into for certain people, I wouldn't even necessarily call this rap. I actually definitely wouldn't call this rap, so I don't know why I just led in with that. So with the worst <laughs> transition ever, Hobo Johnson with the fall of uh, Hobo Johnson. Am yeah. I going to have to wait on no, this no, one? No, no, oh, it's okay. I, no. Okay. I heard, oh, I was like, oh, okay. I'm no, because have to hold out I, on this. I was thinking about this earlier before you came here. I... I was fearful that because I wanted to put it in so bad, but I was like, I think he's gonna put it in, mm-hmm. so maybe I'll get to talk about it too a little oh, bit. Okay, just, well, yeah, just there cause. you go, there you go. But I, dude, it was close. Like I was actually flip flopping that really badly uh, with Gangstars, believe it or not. Gotcha. I almost, I almost kept that out in terms of uh, and putting put the the drawback of why I didn't put it in. I think it was replayability, mm. even though. Some of the songs on there I did listen to a lot. Like Ugly Kid, I was a huge fan of this year. Mover Aware was yeah, awesome. Love Mover, Mover Aware. Uh, Subaru Cross Trek yep. is hysterical. <laughs> love that song. And uh, the Cockroach song. Oh my God, you and the Cockroach. So mm-hmm. not to get like too political or anything mm-hmm. like that, but what the fuck, man? That shit is absolutely hysterical. Like they make I a religion. <laughs> the government. Yeah, dude, that, that song is so good. He's funny anyway, but like I saw like just the the repetition of the backing guys, like, oh my god, so fucking mm-hmm. funny, man. Well, that's one thing that I've always loved about Hobo Johnson, especially are those like quick little like quips in the background. Like, uh, I can't remember what song it was, maybe Romeo and Juliet or something else on one of his older albums, where um like Hobo says something about like, oh, either way they're getting hot and bothered, then there's a long pause and the whole band just goes 
gross <laughs> like all at the same time it's so funny and that's and that's kind of one of the things so this this album and one other album I'll talk about at some point during high honors one of the main reasons I like it so much is because it's just fun to listen to it makes it way less in depth you don't have to sit there and like dissect every little thing but there is enough there to dissect if you want to it kind of is almost like a pick your own adventure style listen where if you just want to sit and listen to some weird kid who people have described as like the embodiment of anxiety give some really like off script kind of weird styled deliveries you can do that if you want to go and look at his lyrics and get really really sad you can do that so he kind of gives you a little bit of everything um, especially in all of his live performances. I can't speak good enough about this live, the live performances of this band, especially like their tiny desks yes, and their tiny desks things like awesome. that. Like you'll, you'll see, I feel like the emotion, they've gotten a lot better on this album of conveying that emotion where the first one, it was a little hard to get it across. And that's why people started saying he sounded very gimmicky because I feel like the true emotion wasn't really getting there through the recordings on this album. It does much, much better. I agree with especially that. on songs like I want a dog um, where it's like him talking about this, like life that he kind of always pictures for himself of living in a house with a wife and kids and a dog, like the name of the song suggests. And like he says, like his kid's going to play guitar and be better than him and then give him lessons so he can actually learn how to play. And so there's all like the playful lyricism in there, but at the same time, you can kind of feel behind his tone that there's a lot of weight to it and that this is something he really wants for himself, but is having trouble kind of piecing together how to make that happen. Um, and then, like you were saying, like with the Subaru Crosstrek, that song is just a hysterical uh, song dealing with him now seeing a little bit of fame, but not like enough fame where he really has like money, money, but he was able to get himself a new Subaru Crosstrek instead because <laughs> it's a fantastic deal. So it, there's a, it's just, it's very relatable. It's very weird. It touches those parts of people's personalities that usually, like I just said, you, you kind of keep, hidden away because it's like okay this is like the really weird parts that only like my closest friends will see and this is a guy that's making song after song after song with that same aesthetic to it so i definitely can appreciate that no i can too and this was like i said this was a, a release that i did come back to quite a bit this year but not enough that i thought like i said some of the songs were like a, like a you and the cockroach like that song's hysterical mm -hmm. but i only listen to that song when i'm showing somebody else how funny yeah. it is you know what i mean so there's just songs like that that just with him i, I feel as though you don't end up replaying as much. Not, a, not as not as much replayability, but the artistic value of it, I think, is is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I think I'm glad you put it on. I was hoping you were going to. I had a feeling you would. So I'm and I'm happy you did. So yeah, what, there are, it is. what are your three favorite songs off of it? Uh, Mover Away, Subaru Crosstrek, and I Want a Dog. Okay, definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, those are good. I definitely, I think I had, and you would probably put on Ugly Kid, mm -hmm. Mover Away, and probably Subaru Crosstrek as well. I think those are my three favorites, no doubt about it. Perfect, so, awesome. Well, yeah, Hobo Johnson, follow Hobo Johnson, check it out. Cool. What do you got for us? I have Sir with Chasing Summer, man. I, I, I really thought this was one of the best R and B albums of the year. I, I just, I love his voice. He is, it's so soft and it's poetic. Very easy listening for anybody that doesn't really know this guy. He's in, done a lot of work with like the TDE camp. Uh, with like Kendrick Lamar, uh, he has a song on here with Kendrick Lamar called "Hair Down." I think it was one of the, it was like the lead single. Definitely a highlight for me. Uh, very smooth, uh, ambient, just kind of guitar, uh, electric guitar licks that kind of fade out. Uh, just really, really a, a song that got me really hooked into him. That it came out this summer, and then the album came out towards the end of the summer. And when I listened to it all the way through, it, it's just like a really good album to listen to in terms of if you want something that's like 
got some nice percussive instrumentals with some wavy synths and slick guitars and also kind of gives off just like a really easy listening and soulful vibe. I would definitely check this album out for sure. There's a song on here also called Mood that I loved with um, Zakari, I believe is how you pronounce it, or Zachary, I think it's Zakari. And uh, that song is just a lot of fun. It's got this like really cool, it's got a really cool cool like key sample on here that kind of almost, it's almost running and then there's like a whiny like string in the back. And um, Zakari definitely goes like over the, the beat on the hook, like very kind of seamlessly and, ter- and very catchy. So that song's a really fun tune. And then the song Recipe as well, which I guess talked about earlier on one of the our past episodes for um, our honor roll for songs of 2019. Uh, just really smooth, really groovy. Uh, came out with like a really nice jazz horn sac- sample that really just kind of brings out a lot of emotion. And uh, you know, Sir, again, he's not the... He's not the greatest singer in terms of like his range, but he has a lot of timber and power in his voice. And I think that's what really separates him and makes him very uh, unique in, in this type of age where I think a lot of the nasally more I can hit all these kind of notes gets more like recognition. It's more recognition than an album like this. So, yeah, I thought this release was really great from Sir. Uh, anyone else doesn't know him, he's we mentioned this too. He's D-Smoke's brother mm-hmm. and so they look dead alike too it's don't crazy. they it's, it's wild it's like the same person it's so funny it's so crazy so if you've watched rhythm and flow you know that their family is just tons of really just amazing musical gifted. talent oh for sure so yeah this was an album to me that i just kept coming back to a ton not only this summer but in the fall and you know through the winter honestly too and yeah so my i guess my best three songs here are mood hair down and the recipe but the whole album's a really Really, really phenomenal listen. So give this one a chance. For sure. Sir Chasing Summer. Um, uh, There was a song by him that we had sort of made fun of before one time, wasn't it? It's uh, the one that has the Schoolboy Q feature, uh, Something Foreign, right? There's like an episode forever, like, oh, something foreign. Something foreign. Foreign. It's like forever later. Foreign. That song is also a jam, though. I will say that song. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. No, he, dude, he's more talented than I think I gave him credit for. I think he flies under the radar a little bit, honestly. Mm. Like, he, there's a lot of good music that came from him this year on that album that I think people overlooked big time. Uh, even when TDE had a really quiet year this year, so I'm, I was surprised that people in that camp weren't like really promoting it a lot more. But either way, uh, I really enjoyed it. Nice. So. I wonder what the next thing out of TDE is going to be. But I hope it's a Kendrick Lamar album. Oh, I hope so too. I think we all do. We've been missing him. Yeah. Now, my next pick for my high honors is um, an artist that we've definitely talked about a bunch of times and an artist that we will be talking about again very, very soon. Earth Gang, Maryland. That's my next album. <laughs> no way. I swear to God. First time. First time of the, of, uh, the album list. Earth Gang, Maryland. There we yes, go. Dude. Nice. Wow. Tons of energy on this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, right back man. to Southern vibes. Yep. Going going back over like, the outsca- outcast style I stuff. I literally, I consider them like new age outcast. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think they're like the second coming of them. They're like the modern outcast. Mm-hmm. I, I really do feel that way. And especially even with the way that their personalities are split up where you got Johnny Venus slash Olu apparently now doing like the right. really crazy vocal like all over the place things that Andre 3000 was known for. Yes. And then Dr. Dot, uh, what's what's his new one? Wow Great or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, please stay Dr. Dot. I like that one I like way Johnny better. Venus and Dr. Dot Those way better, are yeah. fantastic names. I would accept Olu because... That's pretty cool. And there's that one song. Um, what one is it in this album where they like the do the Earth to Olu thing? Oh, I can't remember um, what song that is. 
I, I either way, I, I like the I like that name, but um, I I feel like Doctor Dot rides the more like typical like uh, rap flows like you would expect Big Boy to be doing. So I I definitely see what you're saying, and I oh, for completely sure. agree. That's usually what I describe them as if someone hasn't heard them before. Yep. And a week from today, or no, about a week from today, uh, that we're recording this, not when this releases, but when we're recording this, we're seeing them. Fib- Actually, basically the weekend that oh no, not when this releases when um. Actually, yeah, no, the weekend that this releases would be the would weekend be, that we're going to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So actually, if you oh, listen to so this on the day of release, this is probably like, we, we, like we, yesterday. Yeah, we just we just went to this, yeah, this show uh, playing at February 8th Royale in Boston, which we've seen them once, but they, they didn't headline. They opened for Smino, which... And it was unbelievable. That's what made us want to go and see them. Yeah, so, and at Royale, like, this is going to be an amazing show. Because well, last time wait. was at, what, Paradise, right, when we were there with Pano? And yes. and we were up on the balcony. I I definitely like going to the balcony, but I think for this show, if we're at Royale, we have to get like up in that oh, yeah. little. There's a. Have you been to Royale before? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, and so that like little step up. I saw Kung's the there. Who? Kung's. Kung's. He's um, like a DJ. And see, they do a would, lot of like DJ EDM stuff there. He has they a, turn it into a club yeah, at night. He has a song. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of it now. But you you would remember it. Like so, my cousin Mike showed it to me. And you would you I didn't know that this song was by this artist like I just heard it on the radio, mm-hmm. but you would know it if you heard it. But you would have like uh, it's called "This Girl," came out in 2016. I'll show it to you later. If if you if you listen to it, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, yeah, I know oh, this, this song." One. You're gonna know gotcha. it. So either way, I've been there for a handful of times. But I, anyway, I'm I'm excited. I'm sure we'll be get talking about that show on a show and tell at some point. At Absolutely. I got Absolutely. we got we had a special show and tell episode coming soon. That uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely address a little bit later on in a in about a month or so. But either way, uh, back to Mirrorland in terms of Earth Gang, the production on this album to me, I mean, it's got some colorful pianos, some powerful bass lines, and the and even with the very subtle mixes of some guitars and winds, I think they just kind of bring together a soulful yet smooth yet banger type mm-hmm. Southern production. That is very much lost this year, but they but they put their own little spin on it, and I really enjoy what they've done overall with some of these instrumentals. Well, and I feel like it's almost filled the southern gap that like Big Crit's album not really being anything yes. that good kind of left. Where like he, you you're normally you can rely on Big Crit to give you that southern trap style, and then this year just kind of didn't really come through with it all the way. So then Earth, Earth Gang kind of comes right up and steps right in there. And we kind of almost knew what to expect going into it because we had Swivel come out on um, the Revenge of the Dreamers album and said it was like the sneak peek at Earth Gang's Mirrorland album. So right from that alone, um, I know that you and I and Pano were all pretty excited about this album coming out. I had been talking about the song Up for ever now because they yes. did the, uh, the colors show thank god it. that came and out. i was waiting oh my god it's on spotify now too so i can actually get the up version and they put the up version of working out the jid song yeah i saw and that i love all, all the colors ones oh yeah. my god yeah. It, it, that was one of the greatest things to get put up on spotify because like, i love live versions of songs that's why i've mentioned live versions like even maybe three times today so that was that was amazing getting I, those. yeah i actually liked the live version of on colors of up better than i Me liked too. the studio version Me and, too. and that's how much and i love the studio version it's one of my it's just such a just a jam dude oh mm-hmm. my god uh, yeah there's a, so many good songs on here i know i had top down on my top songs of uh of 2019 well, that song got a lot of recognition too i was really happy about that that song yeah. kind of put up some decent numbers i'm pretty sure it was um i'm pretty sure it turned into like a tiktok trend or something like that at some point oh i bet 
So what what other songs on here did you like? So I got Up Naturally. Um, huge, huge fan of Tequila with T-Pain. Dude, you know what's funny? I didn't wasn't really into that song as much at first but because it's so – there was such a big instrumental risk on there mm. with the horns. And they kind of like – they're a little bit off kilter. They're not exactly like on beat. Like they don't rap on beat with it. Yeah. But for some weird reason, I really – as I listen to the song more and more and more – I got more and more into it. There's some weird like vocal thing that he does when he sings that um, that hook where it's almost kind of wobbling like on and off of the correct note. And I think that's the thing that at first is kind of weird. Like, oh, that was... It's definitely a little note. jarring at but, first but because it, it, it feels, it feels it wrong. Like, oh, this yeah. is nice. Like, it's almost like blues notes where it's like, hey, that wasn't the right note, but I dig it anyways. Like That, <laughs> that worked really, really well. Um, and then my last song was Stuck. I, that song's just okay. such such a jam. I listen Stuck's to that so much. With uh, like I just hear that song and think about hanging out at Pano's over the summer and having <laughs> this album on all the time. Yeah, man. I, I really enjoyed, uh, like I said, Top Down was one of my favorites. Up, I loved too. Uh, and then Bank, man. Mm-hmm. Bank, I thought that on the way to the bank. Like I just, it's so catchy, man. Oh, I just love it. And honestly, La La Challenge, man. I, I was really into that song too. I, J Cole had some uh, production on that one, mm-hmm. and he gets some credit there. And I, I see why. There was just like a lot of really like good, smooth, colorful pianos on that one, especially. Yeah, man. Earth Gang to me is an act that really I'm, I'm i'm happy to see all the notoriety that they are indeed getting like you know they, they were on fallon not that long ago they did a uh a performance on there mm-hmm. obviously they were all over dreamville the dreamville album which i'm sure we'll talk about at some point on either this episode or the next episode potentially but uh yeah I, earth gang had a fan- phenomenal year and I, I cannot wait for this for this for the show it's gonna be so much fun and, and yeah. mick jenkins is opening for him too and like oh, i'm a I big like, fan of yeah mick. yeah big fan of mick i i can't say i was as into his most recent album compared to the one a while ago the um, waters, the waters. Was yeah with jazz and then there was a song with um no name on that project yep. too that was really really good and so, then the healing component was a good one as well mm-hmm. that was two yep. those two good albums were yep. good yeah the pieces of a man i wasn't as into but so, so i'm definitely looking forward to that for sure there's gonna be a bunch of us there for that one so yeah we got a, we got a squad it's gonna be great so, I mean, so I guess since that was technically me, then you, so then it'll yep. be back to me again. You got it. So I'll try and keep the vibe a little bit similar here with another rap album, one that we've actually talked about in, um, a little bit before on the show with Little Sims and Gray Area. And I remember what turned both of us on to this album at first was hearing Fantano say, like, oh, this is the best rap album of the year so far or something. And it is, I, yep. I can't remember when exactly it came out, but it definitely wasn't super early in the year. February, so. it was. Oh, February, yeah. March. oh, no, no, it was, it was the February. I think we reviewed this with the March albums. Um, it was one of the two. I can't remember. But either way, so it was definitely a bold statement to make. And I had never even really heard of Little Sims before. And while I can't say that I agree that it was the best rap album of the year because I have a bunch of other rap albums in this list alone that have placed higher than it, um, it definitely still was an incredibly strong one. Um, Little Sims comes through with absolutely hilarious and witty lines from here to here, calling herself Jay-Z on a bad day and Shakespeare on her worst. So really coming off as like bragging about her lyrical abilities, which are definitely on showcase throughout this entire album. She's not just kind of talking the talk and then not walking the walk after because she is consistently strong through everything. There isn't a single faltering moment through the whole album. There's not really any songs that I even skip. The only reason it's not in my top 10 is again because of the replayability thing where when I listen to this album I listen to it top to bottom 
But almost for that same reason, I feel like I don't end up going back to it again and again and again and again. It's almost like when I want to hear Little Sims, I'm going to go and check this album out. But that's really the only time that I will. And it's a perfect run time. It's like, what, 30-something minutes? It's short. It's, it's short. Yeah, it's like it's nine short. tracks, 30-something minutes. It's, Very it's digestible. For sure. And I think that's what, again, another thing that kind of brings you into this album is it, it's, doesn't, it's not overbearing in any way. Mm-hmm. Not like some artists that release stuff. I mean, like the um, Lil Wayne album that we like just got that's, what, like 24 songs or something I, I know like it was that. probably a tribute to Kobe, but still. Absolutely was. But it's, So just as an example. And then, like, Drake has always been known for putting out pretty long albums as well, which even though we had that the seven album or seven song album stretch from like uh, Kanye. Kanye and Kanye again with kids see ghosts and Pusha T and everybody. So um, definitely a much more digestible track list here. Um, one of the songs had already made it onto my year end list uh, with selfish and very, very beautiful song there. She's showing off of her much softer side rapping on this one. Um, and then, from there, she goes into more dark songs like Venom, where it's much more cutthroat. That's one of my and, personal favorites. And, and that's one of my like favorites off this too, album. Though. And I, so the reason I like these, too, is because of that difference that she's showing there. She's showing how versatile she is on these beats. And I'm always a big fan of when artists can show that they don't just sit in the same pocket all the time. If you have a style you're good at, there's nothing against that. But once you show me that you can do more than that, then I get really, really impressed the beats are all super straightforward. It's strings everywhere. There's a lot of jazz elements. There's nothing that's super overdone like you hear in a lot of songs now. It's not overproduced, which is a nice breath of fresh air. But then even without having that super strong production on a lot of them, you have wicked fun tracks like 101 FM that almost has like an ancient Chinese sounding beat going on. So I, I feel like this album really gets to the roots of what like a good hip-hop album should be. It doesn't really deviate. It has strong beats that serve their purpose and don't try and step out of their lane. Little Sims giving really, really strong vocal performances, great lyrics, great flows. There's really there's nothing bad that I can really say about this album. It was a good release. As I far as songs off of this one, I would say the actually the three ones that I've mentioned right now. Um, I would go with Selfish. Venom and 101 FM is my three favorites off of here. Awesome. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. It was it was one of the ones that was in contention for my honors, but just kind of barely missed for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, another album that I've talked about extensively already once on the mid-year lists, uh, this is Khalid's Free Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just was uh, on the top 10. It, I think it was my number 10 album at the mid-year, and now it slid into the high honors, but still an album that I really liked a ton. An album that got a lot of criticism, and negative criticism, I should say, uh, but for me, I think it's one of the best pop R&B albums of the year. Uh, I think that people that are claiming that this is less original than his his uh, debut project, I actually disagree. I think he does show a ton of maturity and evolution here, uh, especially with like some of like the super groovy, funky guitar chord samples and progressions that he has, and then mixing some reggae and island almost style songs as well. It kind of gives off like a very summery vacation road trip vibe. I really enjoy it a ton. And I really think that uh, even though it was a little bit long-winded, I think that I, I think that this album front to back is is really strong. Obviously, some of the highlights, I loved Paradise. That was, you know, on both of my year-end, uh, well, on my year-end and mid-year lists for songs. You know, crazy catchy. I love the melody. I think like the neo-soul like reggae mix blend he has going here is really nice and he he really flows over the song super smoothly and then a song like don't pretend i think he has some amazing falsetto on this one 
really great acoustic guitar sample and like some like a whiny synth that gets sprinkled throughout it's just like super super catchy and then i really like bad luck as well i think it's got a nice groovy slick uh, electric guitar it's an infectious beat and uh yeah basically like his the idea of like him kind of chasing women that he knows aren't good for him but like being addicted to like knowing what's bad for him and Mm -hmm. and and still like not straying away from that uh something i think we can all kind of relate to at some point and regardless of whatever we're kind of going through and yeah, so I, I think that overall, like this album, it, it had a lot of really great highlights. And I, I think that Khalid is somebody that even though he's mainstream, I think that and I think people sometimes want to say, like, oh, he's too mainstream, so I can't like him. I don't really see that 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 angle there. I, I think that even though he's mainstream, he's somebody that is certainly relatable and certainly makes some like really uh, beautiful music at times. And yeah, so instrumentally, one of the better hip uh, pop records I've heard all year. It's it's like I said, got a nice, warm, colorful feeling to it. And yeah, I think honestly, the first eleven tracks are pretty much perfect. And then it's a little bit of a roller coaster towards the end, uh, but I don't think it, it takes away from what this album Overall. is and and really was this year for me. I really came back to this a ton. So. Yeah, Free Spirit, uh, really big, big album from from Khalid this year, and, and I'm and I'm like happy with, that I liked it as much as I did. I feel like with Khalid, once he hits a really catchy song, it is a major hit. Like that's one of the big things about him is once he actually finds something, it's going to be an earworm and it's going to be in your head. Like I remember the first time that I heard uh, Talk during actually the previous year's Super Bowl commercials. Exactly. Sure. Like yeah. so, yeah, this literally is, today we're recording this on Super Bowl, Bowl Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> and so I remember hearing that little like snippet of Talk. And I think they did a clip of um, a Chance song too, a Chance the Rapper song. Mm-hmm. I remember it was hearing on Apple. It was like for the like the yeah, um, like emojis, the weird head, the or weird like that. whatever the emojis. And I remember are, hearing yeah. that little clip of Talk, and being like, "Oh, that's a hit! Like that's going to be huge." Well, it was it was up for Grammys. I know it didn't win any, but it was he got nominated for Grammys for that song. And yeah, that like I said, that's a song I didn't even mention. And mm-hmm. there's a ton of tracks on here, including Talk, that you know were were big hits that personally weren't even my favorites that I still really did like a lot you know so I mean like I said with a song like talk also a song like better right my bad these are all singles that came out a lot earlier before this this record even dropped Mm -hmm. and they're not even my favorite songs on the album so it just goes to show that I always like when that happens yeah I I, I always kind of hate it when the singles that you've gotten the entire time are the best songs I've heard that complaint a lot about Maryland actually where a lot of people were upset because yeah. they liked Up, they liked Stuck, they liked Proud of You the most, and those were songs that we had kicking around for quite a while at that point. I think Dermot Kennedy fell a little bit into that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for too. Sure. And so that's. But anyway, this was a great album for me, and I, I really enjoyed it this year. Nice. So now this one. This is the one I was saying before. I was so excited to get to bring this on, especially how recently this band took me by storm. 100 Gex thousand gecks it made it it made it on the list Dude. i was talking to pano earlier today and he was like oh what made your list and i said 100 gecks and he was like yeah get out of here it's like no no it it really did it really made the list like that's how much i like the songs that i like on this album hand crushed by a mallet is 
I, I want to hate it so much. Pano was over here doing some work on the on my. Oh, house and I'm sure day. that he was bumping that and like no, fuck no, no, teeth. No, he, no, he was telling me because I, I said, "Yo, I heard you like a hundred gecks," and he's like, "Bro, I don't know how I like them, but I do." And I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I feel the same way." Like mm-hmm. literally with that song, I was like, "This is so good," but that's the definition of it. this band. Like the they have some really. I mean, if you listen to this album, be ready. You're isn't the in album for called a Trip? Isn't the album called A Thousand Gecks? Yeah, the band is a hundred gecks, <laughs> and the album is a thousand gecks. So Their funny. first album was a hundred was also 100 gex so, so i wonder if the next one's going to be like 10,000 gex 100,000 <laughs> million gex i'm what very the fuck curious is a gek? i i have no idea maybe maybe it has to do with geckos i'm not sure like if they're like shortening geckos to gex instead because oh you have more than one of them these actually you have a, a thousand of them um <laughs> but yeah no these guys are an absolute trip as mike just said it's it's almost like emo core music mixed with hardstyle EDM, mixed with super industrial techno, mixed with vocal sample like mod- modulation with really crazy auto tune. Like there is there is almost no real way I can properly describe this band to you other than it's just fun. I I mentioned this when I was talking about Hand Crushed by a Mallet on my song list where this is music that you don't need to sit and put on your thinking cap for. You literally just put it on and vibe the same way that Pano said, like, I don't get why I like this, but I do. You don't need to think about why you like it. You just you know what? This song's a jam. And then you just start <laughs> like rocking out to it. And if there's going to be any three that you listen to, um, stay away from Money Machine first, because Money Machine is probably the weirdest song on here, especially the first verse. So that this this is what turned me away from the band at first. And I thought everyone was joking because I heard literally just the first verse of Money Machine, which anyone who's heard this knows what I'm talking about right now. Um, and then I was like, all right, yeah, whatever, this band, I don't know what everyone's talking. I thought I was like having a boomer moment where I'm like, oh, the kids and their new music. And like, because I, I saw this album <laughs> don't understand. show up. Well, I saw this album show up on like Fantano's list and like a bunch of yeah. other like high, pretty reputable music outlet lists. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like out of touch now. And then I listened to the other songs like 745 Sticky, Hand Crushed by a Mallet, Gek to You. Okay. Love these Gek song to you. names are ridiculous. By oh, the way. it's awesome. Ridiculous. Oh, it's awesome. Wait, so there's this one in here too that's like it almost looks like it's an xbox gamer tag i'm pretty sure it's like xx well, hold on what is it um yeah xxx i underscore would wud would underscore never stop never stop also spelled like an idiot and then underscore you xxx this is like this is going back to like some limewire stuff right here of when you're about to download a virus onto your family's computer like that's what this song <laughs> looks like to me when you're trying to get the most recent remix of soldier boy and you end up putting a virus on mom's computer but this is not a virus this is actual good music i don't know i don't understand how i really don't oh, i don't get it it's unbelievable i don't get it i don't get it unbelievable i will say some of the songs at the end of them you'll probably want to skip like i think the end of Gek to You is the one that has like a dog bark sample that they use for like the end of that song. So definitely feel free to skip once they get to these parts of the songs. I can understand that's a little bit of a barrier for entry, but other than that, have be ready to have a whole lot of fun or at least scratch your head at what the hell I'm thinking putting this on my list. 100 Gex, 1000 Gex, 745 Sticky, Hand Crushed by a Mallet, Gek to You. Go have fun. Oh my god. Oh shit. Man. That's so funny. All right, so I have six albums left, and I'm afraid that five of them I'm not going to be able to talk about yet. So I'm going to okay. go with the one that I don't think is okay. on your list, and then the next five, like, fuck it. I don't even know. Mm. Um, all right, I got Post Malone's Hollywood Bleeding. Yep, no, but I don't have that one. All right, so again, I don't know. Again, Post Malone. 
so when White Iverson came out, and I've said this a bunch of times, I hated White Iverson. I thought it stunk. I didn't understand it. And then last year, of course, we had Beer Bongs and Bentleys, which was mm-hmm. my number five album last year. And I loved that project so freaking much. He comes back with Hollywood's Bleeding. Now, do I think it's Beer Bongs and Bentleys? No. And for the reason, I don't think it's as consistent. I think there's definitely a couple of tracks here that fall a little bit to the wayside. Um, I didn't love that that single wow, honestly. Mm. Uh, I thought it was a little bit gimmicky and it was kind of just like... That was nah. almost like a frat banger to me yeah. where it's like, all right, this is going to be the song that everyone plays at parties and yeah. stuff or whatever. I didn't love that one. Myself, I wasn't huge on. Internet, I thought was a little bit strange, although... Uh, weirdly enough, apparently Kanye West had some writing on internet, which I thought was hmm. was odd. That was a kind of a weird pairing, but I know that they've had like some. I know he was uh, on that song that I love, uh, "Fade," off of "Life of Pablo," which is like one of my favorite Kanye songs. Which is weirdly enough, but and he does the hook on there, so I thought it was interesting to see that he got some writing uh, credits for that a song. Like "Staring at the Sun" with SZA, I wasn't a huge fan of. It was more like towards the back end, uh, minus the song "Allergic." Oh my god, that that track fucking blows. <laughs> I hate allergic fucking blows. But so again, there was definitely some like trust me when you go listen to Allergic, it sounds just like a bad punk song. Mm. Like that was just made horrifically terribly. But or horrifically terrible. You can't you can't put two LY words up at the end. Oh my god, English teacher, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, this is what this album does to me. It gives it puts me sometimes in this headspace of like what the hell's going on. But having said that, there are some amazing songs on here too. So that's why it was almost impossible to keep this off of a list because the strong songs here might actually be stronger than some of the strongest cuts from Beer Bongs and Bentleys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like a song like Saint Tropez, I think just the the vibe in which that he's able to exude on that song is brilliant to me. Like I love that song so much. Just the the feeling of it, it's just truly incredible. And a song like Enemies with the Baby, I was a big, big, big fan of. I love Circles. Like that, again, like a song that I know is like super all over like the Hot 100 and all over, you know, every list and billboard, whatever. Uh, I know I know it's a little bit mainstreamy and whatever, but I love that song too. I thought even like one of my favorite songs, honestly, on this whole album, uh, and I know I talked about I'm Gonna Be extensively already in terms of that, but I really liked like some of the more introspective songs like Saint-Tropez and I'm Gonna Be. Even though lyrically, those two songs are incredible. The rest of the album, not as much, but those songs stand out to me big time in terms of like the lyrical components. But one song I really loved that I didn't think I was gonna like as much was uh, that Die For Me track with Future and Halsey. Mm-hmm. I, I think the it's it's catchy, like the flow patterns are really nice. And I just love the timber in Post Malone's voice. Like some of that, some of the pitch vocals that in effects that he gets are really quite brilliant to me. And and then even a track like "Take What You Want." Oh, with Ozzy, with Ozzy and in in uh, Travis Scott. Like how, like when I first saw that, I was like, no shot that that song is going to be very good. And it was amazing, dude. That, that, that news about Ozzy is really oh. sad with him being diagnosed with Parkinson's or at least like an offshoot of it now. I think I just read some point where uh, I think it's like very confirmed that within 
the next like few months he's going to start losing his vocal abilities because he's like starting to lose the ability to speak. It's uh, it's really sad. And like I was a big fan of Black Sabbath and everything growing up, and huge influence on my guitar playing. So definitely respect to a legend of Ozzy Osbourne. I'm glad that we got a song like this out of him to kind of give him almost one last little like step into the limelight. Oh, for sure. And everyone, I mean, I, I know there was on a lot Post of memes. Malone's album. Yeah, and there was know? a lot of memes that came out that was like, oh, good for Post for like putting on this Ozzy Osbourne guy, which and then. <laughs> Like, oh, I, I don't know if he would have made it without. And then that that happened with um who else did that? It was uh someone had like Paul McCartney on their album um last Kanye year. West. Kanye, yeah. Someone's like, oh yeah, good for Kanye for you know getting everyone's attention on this Paul McCartney guy. So like <laughs> I always die at those oh, memes right shit. there. Whether the people are being serious or not, I'm gonna hope they're not being serious. So but, stupid. You know, I, I loved that song. I definitely was a big fan of yeah. at least Ozzy's performance on that song. Oh, it was amazing, man, and, and it worked so well. I couldn't believe it. And even songs like Sunflower with Sway Lee. Oh, that song was great. Love that song. My, my nieces and nephews loved, loved that song. Because it was on Into the Spider-Verse. The Spider-Verse. And Spider-verse, oh my yeah. God, did I hear them like humming and like singing that song so great much. Great track. And then and then Goodbyes with Young Thug. One of Young Thug's best features in my opinion. And some people, I, I it's a little bit, uh, we get some polar opposite, uh, uh, what's it called? Some polar opposite opinions on this song I've heard. So in particular with Young Thug. Some people think, Young Thug's verse sucks, and some people think it's incredible. Mm. I am more of the latter. I think it's amazing. And I, overall, man, like Post Malone, once again, I think it's just the melodic vibes that he's able to like bring forth in a lot of his music is what draws me to him now. And I think he's able to do that sing-song, rap, catchy, croon type thing that he does over a lot of his music. Not only does he does he do it well, I think he does it better than most people that uh you know most artists that i've heard try to kind of go with this this type of type of music so uh really you know i wouldn't even consider post malone rap anymore i think he's more like pop alternative pop potentially but um, i'm really a huge fan of hollywood's bleeding and i'm glad that you know this this album is as good as beer bongs and bentley's was it kind of gives me a little bit more confirmation bias of liking beer bongs and bentley's as much as i did last year because I liked Hollywood's bleeding nearly as much. It's not as much of a flash in the pan now. Exactly. Exactly. So. So yeah. for my next album, a uh, band that I talked about the first time, it definitely fell, or by the first time, I mean during the mid-years, it has actually a lot of the albums I'm about to talk about that, like the last few. So I, I actually, when you said like, oh, my next five are going to all pop, probably be shared ones. I can't say that all of them will be, but I can say easily four of them will be. So I just kind of quickly reordered these to try and get them in to be like all grouped in at once. Cause I know for a fact, I'm not going to be able to talk about at least two to three of these, if not all four of them. So uh, I'll get my, my other two that won't be shared most likely out of the way first. So, um, Crafter, the hardcore oh, okay. band, my buddy's hardcore yeah. band with lasting efforts. I almost forgot about that project. Yeah, and and I didn't end up putting any of the individual songs on my songs list. Um, and it's almost weird because I think I had mentioned how there were certain tracks that made it on from albums, but then the albums didn't make it. This is almost the opposite effect where no single one of the songs ended up being to the point where I put it into my top 50. But when I was going back, looking at my notes from the mid years, looking at the playlists that we kind of curate throughout the year to help us do this episode, I, I was really realizing how much I liked a lot of these songs, and especially now knowing that, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but the band is done at this point. They're not going to be oh, releasing no any, yep, they're not I releasing any that. new things at this point. Um, I haven't really pressed for many details on it, but it more or less just seems like they've been doing this band for a long time, and from 
different posts that I've seen from their um, social media pages, it seems like they've just kind of gotten fed up with the way things are in um, the live music scene for at least their genre, where it's very, very much so because it's a smaller genre, you kind of need to fit a certain sound to get a lot of people coming to your shows and where they always kind of fit closer with the melodic hardcore, which is the less like slightly less popular offset of it. Um, they never ended up really gaining as much traction as they felt like they deserved. And like, I felt like they deserved. I mean, they get, they got enough where they were able to get a cross country tour and things like that. Um, but during that tour, they're all like sleeping in the van and stuff like that. So it's a hard, it's hard if if you're not seeing the results you want as long as you are like, and especially doing something like that, where you're traveling across the country, playing all these shows, you come back and then not seeing as big of a change as you want is really disheartening. So I definitely feel them on that. So I'm really glad that I was able to see them a couple times before they ended up kind of hanging up the cap. I'm really happy to hear that all of the band members have tried to at least continue and they're doing different projects. My uh, buddy Dalton and his brother Dylan have started writing music on the side themselves and the other band members have tried to keep some type of musical things going. So I'm definitely going to keep in touch with all of those members of the band because I was a really big fan of what they were able to put together all together on this project. Um, Like I had said, it's much more up like the uh, melodic hardcore avenue. Um, if you're going to try and give this album a listen, I would probably start off with the song Lasting Efforts. I would think that's probably the one that's most accessible. And I remember you saying that that when we did this review, this is not your style of music. But if you were going to listen to it, that would be the song that you would end up going to. For sure. That and, was the one I liked the most out of like everything that was there. Yeah. Or and like, Really the only one, actually. But... <laughs> And well, and, the, and I feel like it's that one. That one has the most, um, or the least, just like un, unrestrained aggression to it. At least in terms of people who aren't really used to listening to the style of music. For sure, um, I agree. But with that. from lasting efforts, I would probably go into collecting losses as well, and then the song rupture, especially rupture. Big, big fan of the guitar uh, lead that comes in with that. And I'll never, I'll never forget when I was going to the first show of theirs. Um, I was talking to Dalton. He was like, "Oh yeah, what songs you open to see? I'll let you know like what our set list is." And I said rupture, and he was like, "Wow." really I think you're the first person at one of our shows to actually say that like you want us to you want us to play that song and I feel like that almost now that I'm thinking about it is kind of adding more support to the point where that song I like it because the guitars have like a really really nice sound with each other that's a really nice melody that goes along with it which kind of puts them again in that like melodic I'm doing air quotes right now melodic hardcore grouping which is why I feel like they didn't end up getting as much attention as they thought they deserved and that they definitely did deserve. So I wanted to put them onto my list somewhere. They ended up making it into the high honors. So crafter Western mass band with their album lasting efforts. Definitely. I would give it a shot if you're into uh, hardcore music. Perfect. And now I'm really scared about these last five in terms of, I don't think we're going to be able to talk about them quite yet. Oh, it's okay. We'll see. We'll see. YBN Corday, The Lost Boy. Nope. Can't do that one. All right. Not not yet. So I'm just going to say that that's in my high honors, and we'll talk about that, I'm assuming, when we get into the the top 10 of Yeah, we're going to have to wait till next episode. So we're going to have to wait till next episode, people, to hear the commentary on that one. So YBN Corday, The Lost Boy, for me, is on my high honors, and we'll wait to talk about that when we get to it Mm -hmm. on Cody's list. So go ahead. Give me another one. So I'm pretty sure we'll get to talk about this one, or at least I'll get to talk about this one right now. Um, Lana Del Rey. Uh, with Norman fucking Rockwell. Yep. And not so, on my list, but 
it, it yeah. was I it really took me by storm because I hear Lana Del Rey and I always associated her with a certain type of music that when she first started coming out back when like we were in college where it was almost kind of like the easy listening pop stuff that it just wasn't really catching my ear, especially at that point where I had putting it lightly, slightly negative views on pop music and thinking that there wasn't really a lot to it. And uh, in the years since, I've grown a very, very big appreciation for it. But at that time, it definitely wasn't my thing. So I never really got her whole like singer-songwriter vibe. It didn't really click for me. But this album definitely did because it saw her take a very, very steep turn into almost more like chilling style vocals where it's all very like breathy and airy. And and as she's going through these songs, it's almost like you can feel like she's about to be on like the breaking point of crying at certain points. And it's all just really beautiful. Um, one of her songs off this album had made it onto my um, year end songs list uh, with fuck it. I love you. And I was, I was curious why I really liked the production here, like more so than some of her previous works. And I looked up, and um, Jack Antonoff was actually the guy who no, did the production okay. off of like, most of this album, who, if you've listened to us before, we mentioned that he was responsible with a lot on Kevin Abstract's song Peach, and then a couple other tracks on there, too, which yep. we will absolutely be talking about again later on. <laughs> but um, So it's, it's a lot of really great lush production, a lot of synths, and one thing that I like about this album is that it's varied enough where... Even within, like, let's say the song Venice, it starts off where there's like some guitars and some um, keys and horns in the start, and then it starts transitioning, and these synths come in, kind of tame at first and subtle, but then it slowly gets like thicker, more distorted, more up in your face and intense and hectic, and there's this big long instrumental break where all of this happens until finally at the very end, the horns and Lana's vocals come back in. It kind of takes that aggression back out of it. And it gives it gives a lot of really nice motion to a lot of these songs. And that's the thing I think I was missing from her. Um, it, I mean, I might just not have been experienced enough with her where I only heard her popular songs. But always felt like she was a very, like, straightforward, cut and dry style, like, female pop vocalist. And this definitely has proved me wildly wrong on this album. Um, I would definitely give this a shot. There are a lot of great tracks on here, but as far as ones that I would probably keep your eyes open for are Fuck It, I Love You, made it on my year-end list, uh, Venice, the one that I had just mentioned, and right towards the back end of this album, she has a track called The Greatest, where there's a really, really cool steel string guitar with violins over the top of it. It's almost very like old-school singer vibes here going on. There's a lot of very airy vocals, like, is a common theme here builds up tension and then going right into the chorus where the tension gets released you can hear lana kind of longing for good and bad events from her past and just kind of an overall feeling of nostalgia i guess and i i feel like that nostalgic vibe is something that she does very very well getting across because of how light a lot of her production and soundscapes are so I, I definitely was a big fan of this. There's a really cool overdriven guitar, um, like solo type thing going on at the end of the song that has a really, really interesting EQ mix on it. I'm not going to go super far into it because I'm not even really sure how they get the sound it is, but it's like a very muddy sounding guitar. Um, I think they maybe like sliced the high end off of it or something. I'm not sure, but it's very muddy, but at the same time smooth. But I, I was just a huge fan of this album it kind of took me by storm honestly i didn't expect to like it quite as much as i did 
Yeah, no, I mean, it got a lot of recognition from the from the Academy and Grammys and things like that. And I know it didn't win a ton, really anything. But mm. um, yeah, I heard from a lot of a lot of critics that this was like a, kind of a coming out party for Lana Del Rey in terms of like becoming a little bit more. Um, it's not experimental. She's but adding taking more depth, some risks. You know? Yeah, taking She's adding some a lot risks. more depth. Yeah, really kind of maturing as an artist. So uh, yeah, it's definitely an album I need I need to give my give a listen for sure because I I've been sleeping on that one. Definitely. So. Uh, I'm also scared that I think this is just the last like part of this episode. It's just going to be you talking because well, I, I think like it's these... going to actually be both of us now. I think it's just going to be like, oh, my album was this. Oh, we can't do that. My album was this. Okay, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my next four, and, and I'm pretty sure that these will show up, or we'll get to both talk about them. I'm not, Hopefully, I'm not sure. I think they're there, but I'm afraid some of these are in your top ten. So here we go. I'm going to go with this one: Anderson Pack Ventura. That is in my top ten. Alrighty. All right. So wait, let's see. Let's. Uh, let's I guess we're going to be rapid firing these. So yeah. So Anderson Pack Ventura will put in my my top 10 Gary Clark Jr. this land yep gonna have to wait on that in your one. top 10 top okay 10. so we're two we're two for two let's see let's okay. let's keep going uh emotional oranges the juice oh, volume oh two. yeah volume one my, excuse oh, me volume one volume that is, one that absolutely is in my top 10 okay, that absolutely right. is yeah, even if it was that. volume two that would have been if we could bend the rules <laughs> and put both albums in okay so, ju- so yeah emotional oranges the juice volume one that's in my high honors clearly it's in your top 10 we'll talk about it next episode yep uh, Billy Eilish, when we fall asleep, where do we go? It's here. Oh, we get to we talk, can talk about, about it. One. Let's okay, go. Sweet. We get a little bit more content out of this episode. So we both have this Billy Eilish record. <clears throat> this is one that I, I don't want to say I almost forgot about because I didn't almost forget about it, but I almost was questioning myself of why I didn't put it into my mid-year list the first time. It was like 11 for me. Like I'm, I, I think must I even have been said the same for me it because like especially now where this is being above Gary Clark Jr., uh, above Crafter uh, for me. So there's like a couple albums from that mid-year list that this ended up, in my opinion, ranking higher than. So I'm definitely curious what like I was thinking in that moment that kept it off and put other ones ahead of it. I don't know if it's the bias now of her winning all the Grammys and oh, things like God. that. Speaking I can't wait that. to have record an episode to talk about the aftermath of the Grammys because I have never been so happy to be utterly wrong in my life. Because I was a- saying like, oh, Lizzo, Lizzo, Lizzo. And I was so upset thinking Lizzo was going to come away with like seven Grammys and instead Billie Eilish. So I think those that was the artist I said I wanted her to win Same. all of those. And so I was so happy about that. So if you guys end up checking out our new website, please do. It's in our bio of our Instagram uh, or go to just www.turntableteachers.com. And if you go to the blog page, uh, our first blog post was actually a blog written by me. And I basically talk about in length. So if you want to like get more of my in-depth thoughts here, go check out that blog post for sure. But I talk a lot about just kind of the fact that Billie Eilish where did she kind of come from? She came out of nowhere, really, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I don't think anybody really saw this coming. But especially this artistic statement that is when we all fall asleep, where do we go? I think it just pushed some ba- like pop boundaries that were not going to be pushed by anybody else except her. And she took some really incredible risks here. And one of the things that really stuck out to me the most is just, and I wrote about this in, in our blog post, is just the humbleness that she exuded at the Grammys. Like, I remember when I think it was when she won album of the year and it pans to her face. She literally screams no to the heavens. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't deserve this. Why are you like literally get, and then gets up there and talks about Ariana Grande's thank you next for like the majority of the time. Like she, I love I don't, when people do that. I don't think she expected to win all the Grammys that she did, but, and that I think is what makes it so much better. And just the fact, like, her brother was talking about, again, I wrote this in the in the blog post about how he talked about 
you know, that they produced and recorded and basically made this entire album in his bedroom studio and that they never expected it to win anything and they just were kind of like being teenagers talking about the things in which that they feel and, you know, really trying to explain their emotions through music. And I think Billie Eilish does this in tenfold mm-hmm. on this project to me. And I think that the way in which this is like, I would like my mother was actually getting really into Billie Eilish um, when she read my blog post and then kind of saw that she won all these Grammys. She's like, who's this Billie Eilish person? And then she started listening to her and she was texting me at work on my, my lunch break. I checked my phone and she's like, I've been listening to Billie Eilish for over two hours. She's amazing. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. And then when I came home, she was like, well, what, what would you call this? Like, what, what kind of music is this? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like ex- alternative experimental pop. Like, yeah. I don't even know with a little bit of electronic in there too. I, yeah, I just, we've talked about this album at length on the March album reviews, that episode. So if you want to hear more in depth of like us talking about that, go check that out. And obviously check out my blog post. But like I said, this album is one of the best albums I've heard in, in a long time. And well, it's it, so one of the best artistic new. statements. Exactly. It's something new. It's something we have never heard before. And I love, um, I think it was in her interview with, I could be wrong about this, maybe Vanity Fair, where they've done it like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's made me really, really respect her, not just from a musical standpoint, but from just being a person. She has remained incredibly humble and able to kind of poke fun at her past self, For especially sure. in these interviews, because they try and ask her all the same questions and say, like, what's uh, your Instagram follower count? What's the biggest thing that's happened in your career up until this point? point what's like the coolest artist you've gotten to work with and especially when she's watching her answers from the previous years you can see how genuinely choked up she gets because for people like this where fame kind of comes as a storm a lot of stuff happens over the course of a year she's really young exactly because look at what it did to people like chris brown justin Mm. bieber even like the some of the like iris oh my god yeah like miley Miley cyrus oh yes all these all these artists that like made some really negative choices that were coupled with the fame. Yep. Billy Eilish, I feel like has kind of separated herself from that. Hopefully mm-hmm. she stays that way and doesn't like burn out or anything like that, but, or, or kind of slip up, but you know, hopefully no knock on wood that this doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen to her. Yeah. But she, to me, like you're saying, she stayed very human, like very, very human. Like it doesn't seem like a bigger than life. I mean, she is a bigger than life star in every single definition of the word. But her personality doesn't seem like it. It seems like she's very true. And portrays some maturity that's kind of beyond her years. And and I also loved in her, like, um, the James Court. I don't, like, love James Corden. I'm not a huge fan of him. He himself. Did you see something um, recently that he doesn't actually drive? No, he doesn't. Yeah, they, they, like, tow him around the entire time. Which I definitely get. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) That's total bullshit. That that company is not going to take any risks of him, like, crashing a car with Justin Bieber in it or something. That's actually actually true. (laughs) I I, understand who I wonder who, like, has the say in that, whether it's the people he's getting on, like, no, screw you. You are not driving around and singing with my with my (laughs) person, with my money, like, bag in the car. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when Billie Eilish did her carpool karaoke, they like went back to her house and you literally go into her brother's room and see like where they recorded her mom peeks around the corner during it. And it, it's so interesting. because it's literally still just a, a regular family dynamic. It looks like I'm sure that a little bit of that is for the show for the, like making it look better for TV. But at the same time, it still felt very genuine. So well, I even, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I even wrote about that in the blog post I did, that I did. I just, I mentioned just how like, really just humble she is and mm-hmm. just how she's like a normal 18 year old teenager that and she wants you to to know that 
Mm-hmm. She and she wants to be that. She doesn't want to be this huge star. You can tell, like you can tell, the spotlight doesn't ex- when she's not performing. She doesn't care for the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So it's just she this actually album, said that in uh, her Vanity Fair thing too. Oh, where sometimes she wishes this was the one from the year before. She said she wishes she could just be like a regular seventeen-year-old. Sometimes, yeah. What were some of your favorite songs off this project? Uh, Bad Guy, Bury a Friend, and Ilo Milo or Ilo Milo. I always pronounce that incorrectly, and I always forget from one time to the next. I got same ones, Bad Guy, except Ilo Milo. I got Bad Guy, Bury a Friend, and When the Party's Over, mm. which is just gorgeous. Gorgeous Such song. good songs. And I think the contrast, again, I wrote about this too. So just, just just go read the blog post. But I, I love the, some of the contrast she puts in, in some of her music. So definitely noteworthy. I, I It pained me to not put this in the top 10, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it just slipped out of the top 10. And then I think we do you have one left. I got, left? I got two left. You have two left. Now. Okay, so go ahead. Oh, yeah. So my next one, I'm not going to talk about this. Kevin Abstract, Arizona. Right here? Oh, it's right here. Wow. We both got it in the high honors. We're, see, we were very like pessimistic. Like, oh, we're not going to we're not going to get to do this. Sweet, sweet. And this actually makes me really curious about this next one too. This is making me think that my next one might also be in your high honors. Now that I'm really thinking about it and thinking well, about well, albums, Kevin Abstract's my last high honors, so that's number ten for me. And then wait, so you have to have one more, didn't you? Oh no, no, because you technically started, so it would've been Kevin Abstract, Kevin Abstract, and then my last one. So, well, so actually, so I just want—I want to say this: my last one, James Blake, assume form. Uh, that's definitely gonna have to wait till 10. next episode. Pal. Okay, so that at the very least, we can end this episode talking about, about Kevin, Kevin Abstract, and we'll pick okay. back up there. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so obviously anybody doesn't know Kevin Abstract. He's the frontrunner of uh, boy band Brockhampton, who has just taken music by storm in the last few mm-hmm. years. One of I've said over again and again and again, one of my favorite acts that I've heard in years to me. Uh, you know, Kevin Abstract, for me, he's one of the best song writers. In particular, he's one of the best hook writers. And he's one of the best uh, at sort of executing a fantastic and catchy hook. Uh, really, to me, I'm, I'm happy he was able to do a solo project. Uh, it's definitely a little short. There's some moments that I thought lacked a little bit and missed the mark, and that didn't fully connect with me. Like, American Problem, I wasn't, like, a huge fan mm-hmm. of a song like that, per se. Some of, like, those back-end tracks I wasn't big on, but musically, I think I said this in the mid-year, too, because I think this is, like, my number five album at the mid-year. Uh, some of the best musical moments of the year for me are on this project. Obviously, major highs. Obviously, there's so many major highs. Like, obviously, Peach is my favorite song of the year. I've oh, said that, obviously, so numerous good. times. Like, just amazing. Uh, just, just in terms of, like, the feel-good, sort of just freeing nature of that song. Uh, you know, tracks like Use Me with that... With that, me, oh, with that, um, oh, so that amazing vocal sample with the choir in the back and just the, the hard bass hitting, uh, you know, the backing bass that on that song. But then you get uh, like some of the more like introspective cuts like Corpus Christi going yeah. on too, where you're going from like the really light peach to the very like intricate and in-depth Corpus Christi. It, it, this was great. I loved how varied. Oh, I just hit my mic. I love how varied this album was from top to bottom. All of these tracks felt like their own separate little journey. And I definitely feel like I wish that I had gone back to this album as a whole more. And I think this almost goes to what you were saying, where the highs were so high for me, where I couldn't help but go and just listen to Use Me, Corpus Christi, Georgia. Oh, Georgia's uh, one of my favorites, too. Um, Even Big Wheels. Like, I love how Mm -hmm. it comes in, like, that really dark, like, almost, like, hellish-type beat that he comes in with. And then he gets in some more, like, a lot of the more, like, lush 
production of like like let's say, like we said like a Georgia Corpus Christi. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm huge on this on this album, and like I said, I'm, as being as big of a Brockhampton fan as I am, it was nice to see Kevin Abstract sort of you know have some some alone time if that makes sense you know what i mean like on, on, a, on a project no absolutely it's time you to know? let him have a little bit of time to shine on his own because i think he's taken a step back with a lot of their projects as of recently and he's let other guys shine especially i think he does that big time on iridescence to me and not so much on ginger which you know spoiler i'm sure i'll be talking about that next mm-hmm. next episode but you know for him i think that it was important for him to get a lot of the stuff like especially with amir off of his chest off this album a lot of deep stuff a lot of the deeper stuff and like a lot of the stuff that he you know doesn't really talk about nearly as much like on tracks like corpus christi in mississippi he's talking a lot about like you know the issues he's had with um you know with even family really like with his sister and his nieces and stuff like that and you know i just oh yeah it was like not shouting out his like niece in a song or on, something on, like yeah, that yeah or like putting on instagram really something that. like that yeah uh i i love this project what are some of the highlights for you from this from this project so from uh this one i would say it's definitely going to be georgia use me and peach those those three are the ones i always would end up putting on whenever i went back here i i'm going peach use me and baby boy Baby Boy. That's I liked Baby Boy one. a lot. Yeah, a I thought the, the Ryan Beatty hook on that one just really gets me every time. I mm-hmm. like. I just think that that's just so beautifully done. Uh, and it feels raw. That song is one of the more raw cuts here. The only thing that keeps this, I think, from being a top 10 album is some of those, like we said, those questionable, overproduced moments of like American Problem, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi being a little bit too just kind of bare. I mean, I love the sentiment of the song, but it's not a song I was going back to a ton. A lot to it, yeah. So, yeah, but I love the super, you know, introspective values of it and it's a versatile album and yeah, I'm, I'm glad Kevin comes out with a, a really strong solo project and It's here. a great project to get to talk about to end the episode too. Awesome. And so, of course, we have our top 10 coming out next week. So be sure to t- uh, tune in to that episode. And, of course, we're going to do a playlist with our top three songs uh, from each album. One for mm-hmm. one playlist for Cody, one playlist for me. And so we'll get that up to you guys uh, this week, obviously. And, and in preparation, then we'll just add to it like we did for the top songs. We'll just add to... Uh, the same playlist, playlist yep. once uh, once the other one comes out, but yeah. not before because we don't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, of course, you know? of course. So 15 albums from me today that were albums that I felt that I needed to mention that just missed my top 10, but were noteworthy mentioned. And same for Cody, 15 mm-hmm. albums that he really enjoyed this year. And yeah, so again, one more 2019 uh, list to come out with, and then we are... Just on, to, on to the future to 2020 break, breaking into 2020 stuff so thank you guys for staying with us and be sure to tune into next week's top 10 albums sure. of 2019 i'm mike i'm cody we at the turntable teachers and class is dismissed